0: And welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. My name is Richard Davidson, and I'm joined by my good buddy Ethan Huffman. Now, Ethan, it's done. They've done LeBronto no more. The Toronto Raptors, Ethan, are world champions. Yeah. How do you feel you about
1: that? It's an exciting time. You know, I think we have to take credit where credit is due. We picked them. We had on a Toronto-based guest. Like it mm-hmm. was a it was a good it's a good time to be the Hero Ball Podcast. Um you know the Raptors had a fun team, fun players, um, a history of coming up short, um, and it's it's really cool to see all that get erased and in en route to an NBA championship. It was really a really special special thing, even um, amidst some controversy among uh, around the injuries and all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. It's um it's it's great win. Very happy for that team.
0: Yeah, and I mean one of the first things that I think people tend to bring up the thing is they bring it up every single year because it happens all the time is oh this is a championship with an asterisk get rid of that stuff right because like literally like nearly every year you have some injury that derails like people are not wanting to give the warriors like that first title because like oh well they played a a hampered team here this person was out there or when you know when they go and they beat lebron it's like oh well that year that they beat LeBron, guess what? Um, all, all of his guys are out. So it didn't, didn't, like, I don't quite care for that because it's going to happen no matter what. Rarely do you have uh, a situation where teams go and they face uh, adversity the whole way and don't have a little bit of luck somewhere along you know, along the way as well. And so, you know, shout out to Toronto. Glad they got the victory. Um and you know this it leads into one of the craziest off seasons ever just because of how the last you know week went in the finals it's really crazy
1: let's not forget that the pistons swept the toronto raptors in the, in the regular season so oh, Richard, oh yeah.
0: congratulations I, you are nba champions i have i have not forgotten i mean we're hanging the banner as we speak you know swept the nba champions i mean I don't know how many teams can say that this year. I actually would have to go back and look. But I want to say it's not too many. So we're racing that banner um, in uh, in the arena as we speak. As you should. As you should.
1: Now, Richard, let's go into the game a little bit here. And I want to first start off with with Kyle Lowry's first quarter. Gee, what, yeah. what a show that guy put on. He he really kind of when the team looked a little uneasy, Kawhi did not look like himself the first quarter. Like really, I, I don't feel like he looked good the entire game. He was really hobbling to the finish. But Kyle Lowry with um some some doubt going swirling in the uh, <laughs> on that side of the the sideline, uh, he really took control of the game. I believe he scored had three threes and scored the
0: first eleven points for them.
1: So I wasn't sure if it was the first 11 but I knew it was like the first 11 of at least 16 cuz that's kind of the number I remember it being tied 16 16 but he was he was amazing he was he probed effectively guy had 26 points 10 assists for the entire game but that first quarter I I feel like the Raptors wouldn't have folded but they were like teetering on that uh, a lot of self doubt there
0: Oh I mean yeah especially with Kawhi again you know Kawhi going scoring like 22 points and uh you know affecting the game in, in different ways as well. It's like still people look at it as, you know, a disappointing game from him, but, uh, you know, Kyle Lowry coming out, you know, right from the get-go, especially with it being like, you know, him getting some slander for missing that corner three, even though, you know, Draymond got a piece of it. Like, you know, people, you know, and, and that backcourt, uh, backcourt throw that was wide of, uh you know, uh, Gasol, like, he's gotten this slander and people think, Oh, he does not in big games. Well, he showed up, he showed up in what ended up being the closeout game of the NBA finals. And he really uh, was, you know, the one saying, we got to step on the accelerator right here, right off the bat. And it was really, really fun to see him, him go off and be the first one to do it.
1: Yeah. And I just can't, can't fail to not mention twenty six points, ten assists, and there were some graphics flying around of guys to do that in an eliminate like in an elimination game. Now, granted, they weren't up against elimination, but to like have that ability to kind of step on the throats of your opponent and and really deliver the victory is, is something you know that people have you know much belined him about, and not you know, he didn't have that in his DNA. But Kyle Lowry prevailed, had himself a, a great game six.
0: Yeah. And I'm just trying to find it because I know I saw this stat somewhere and I'm, I'm trying to find on basketball reference. Um, but as far as like uh plus minus for the playoffs, I'm pretty sure that, uh, Kyle Lowry ended up being the guy to do that. Obviously plus minus if, you know, you would assume that the team that wins the championship probably has guys who are leading there, but like, he's the guy who's, uh, you know, going, he, as we know, he has those games where it's like, man, you put up nothing, but somehow you end up like, well, plus five and plus, plus minus box. Like, He's the guy who does little things for them, going, taking, you know, much, much to your chagrin. Many charges. He didn't take one last night, so that's why he had a good game. No, he 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 got he got a blocking call, I think, on the one he tried to. But yeah, it's uh, like he's gonna be one of those guys who you know really makes life difficult on on the other team and does the little things. And uh, you know, really happy that he was able to come out and uh, and play well and you know. Get to get this first uh, first ring.
1: Don't forget that there's a lot of rumors swirling when it was the consult trade coming da- through the the yeah. pipeline that there's going to be a Conley and Lowry swap in there too. And I'm not saying that that would have necessarily been a horrible thing. I think it would have been problematic because you would have kind of lost some of the Raptors roster, like the the chemistry he has with um, you know Serge Ibaka and um, Nick, the other guys that they had developed over that season. Like, that would have been lost. You would have had it gained back in, you know, the Gasol and Conley chemistry. Um, But who's to say things don't go a little different? Conley's had more injury problems than Lowry in his past. Like, maybe that trade, if it goes through, busts up this championship team because all of a sudden you are now, you know, bending your hopes and dreams on Conley staying healthy when he hasn't done it much
0: in the last few years. Yeah, it's like – and just the – as it goes, when you build rosters, and Masai Ujiri said this himself, like it takes some luck. Like it takes uh, getting lucky on some random obscure trade that uh, you know you, you know, where you you're able to get Danny Green uh, as some you know as an extra piece, and it's not just for Kawhi Leonard. Um, you're able to uh, go out and trade Grievous Vasquez for the picks that end up becoming. Uh, what was it? Was it OG Ananobi and Norman Powell? Like Norman I, think Powell si- I think it
1: was Siakam, was it Siakam? and uh, Siakam and um, oh, yeah, OG yeah, because I think it was, o- OG, yeah, think yeah, it was so two first.
0: Yep, yeah, and and so it's it's like you need those little things to go right along the way. A lot of people think to themselves, "Oh well, you know, this Masai Ujiri, he gets it because he fired Dwayne Casey, went to Nick Nurse, and went out and and uh, got Kawhi Leonard. That's why they did it. No, it, it's broader that it's bigger than that." And you've got to get lucky on some of these things as well. Lucky that certain things, certain traits don't go through, that yeah. um that you have the leverage to not have to include Pascal Siakam in the deal or even OG Ananobi, who really didn't do anything this playoffs because of, of um you know of having surgery and and not being able to be there. But it sometimes you've gotta get lucky in those other ways and and that's just part of it. Like the Warriors Dynasty was created on luck by getting Kevin Durant at the time that it happened. So it's not to say that – it's not to diminish the Raptors, but it's just these are things where you've got to – it's not just one single move. It's many moves that
1: uh, have taken place over many years. And equal to that is the moves you don't make, because Serge Ibaka was Mm -hmm. not working out very well last year. He could have been easily on the market and been moved. Um, You credit that to the coaching of Nick Nurch. to get him to buy into being a bench player – uh, paired with the uh, attaining Mark Gasol, then, then it equals out to not trading Ibaka. All of a sudden, you have a good center rotation there that's going to play all your minutes, and you know you got Ibaka in the right role at that point, and that's huge when it comes down to it. Because Ibaka as a four was not effective; it was not working out. But you get him in that five spot, like you know this guy over here said, like it works it works when you can have these pieces that, you know, they weren't working out with what you originally acquired them for, but they're working out now because the T the roster stayed moldables. So they stayed uh, flexible and they got each other in the right roles. It's, it's cool to see Nick nurse have success with this roster and, you know, Miss Simon Jerry pulled the, pull the strings all behind it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, we not to mention Fred Van Vliet, who oh, undrafted um, undrafted, okay. and they were able to get him in and, uh, you know, and fine. A role for him, and he's obviously um he got one vote. Huey Brown, not not, to, <laughs> yeah. not no. You never you never know what that guy's looking at. Yeah, it's it's. That's a I mean, mean I joke. I understand that we want to give some recognition to Fred VanVleet for how he stepped up in um, in the finals, but come on, Hubie. <laughs> and here's the thing, I you know, just random tangent. I still stand
1: behind the fact that Fred VanVleet's not an incredibly good defender. The man just hustles a lot. But I've, he he got several three point shot fouls called on him, uh-huh. and so I, I you know I, I said before the series start I'm like hey Fred VanVleet's the only not rotation non good defender on this team, and you know I saw a lot of people completely swing their opinions on how good a defender he is I you know I want to credit him for the hustle but I'm I'm not I'm still not
0: convinced you know he he got away with a lot well I think that it part of it goes to like the type of defense that he has to do. Like you're having to chase Curry around screens. Well, what's helpful if you're chasing someone around screens for you to be shorter, um, for you to be stronger and Mm -hmm. for you just to be able to turn the corner, which is uh, with a guy of his stature. And, you know, he doesn't have, you know, he's not one of those guys who's, who, you know, in the, in the draft, like, which we'll talk about, you know, next week, it's, you're looking for guys with length and guys who who switch ability and stuff like that's not incredibly is but it for the type of role that he had to do defensively he was it was helpful for him he's not a phenomenal defender but he tries hard and it just so happened that it worked out better for him in this type of situation
1: he is and he is attentive which is the number one thing about point guarding steph Curry. you got to be yes. on
0: on your p's and q's in terms of he's always moving yeah um man and you know maybe we're not having this conversation right now, uh, Ethan. If uh, this specific one, if Clay Thompson doesn't go down, because he was having a phenomenal game. I uh, you know Game Six, Clay. Up to this point, he uh, what was it? He ended up with um, thirty points on twelve yeah. field goal attempts, which is which is ridiculous. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like Clay scored. You know, one of those times where he scored like sixty points and and touched the ball for less than sixty seconds. You know, one of those r- random. Mm-hmm. I, I think that I don't think sixty points, but like one of those random times where he did all of that in such a short amount of time. It's it's one of those crazy things that only Clay does because of the way that he plays.
1: It's so easy to forget Clay because of how special Steph and Durant are, but in in a way that's a little even more special than than, than Steph, like that Clay has that Durant has is when they rise straight up it's almost impossible to block their shot with the level of quickness that they get their shot off with and their ability to elevate over defenders. Like Curry gets it off super quick, but like he obviously can be bothered by these guys, you know, biting at his ankles all the time. He's still incredible and still gets to his shots, but like that he's much easier to contain clay. If you give him that inch of space, unless you're Kawhi Leonard, who's the only person I've ever seen block a clay three point attempt. Um, you're, you're just not getting to him and if he rises above he gets an eye on that rim like it's, it's if he makes or misses it. it has nothing to do with you anymore and it's the same way with kevin durant but between the two of them durant doing that all the time and steph shaking free of everybody clay's easily easy to forget that he is an incredible player and you know i i was messaging you when when it happened and i when he when his knee you know went i said that's an it, it said that's a torn mcl if he's lucky like, but it was the ACL, and that that went. So, um, yeah, bad break for Clay. But it is going so well. so cool, cool. moment that he came out and shot his free throw. But mm-hmm. I mean, ugh, just you know, hurts, hurt, hurts everyone watching the game for that to happen.
0: Yeah, and and we we're talking about you know Clay's impact. You know the what he's tasked with doing also on the defensive end mm. is a lot as well. Like he became. You Know one of the guys are saying, All right, we're, we're putting you on Kawhi in big moments in this series, and uh, for large stretches of times, that's a difficult task because not only is Kawhi really, really good, but think about all of the shoulders that uh, Kawhi puts into people. I mean, he put a, a shoulder into Kavan Looney, and Kavan Looney got destroyed, and you know, he was he He's was the rest of the series, he broke right, he had, he had a broken uh, bone near his collarbone, and and so it's like. The the amount of uh, you know wear and tear that must go on with with being tasked with 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 that on the defensive end and running around on the offensive end it's it's just a lot to deal with and so man yeah it's just it's really unfortunate that uh, all of it you know ended ended the way that it did with Klay uh, Thompson tearing his ACL and now the Warriors really are. Um, Kind of in flux with with all of this stuff. Yeah, it's so so
1: many injuries, and it's not just Durant and, and Clay. It is Looney, and you talk about um, how the Warriors improve for next season, how they stay as good if 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 they can't improve. And you know, Looney was an important part of that. So we're talking about you know Clay and and Durant, you know, missing a considerable amount of time, but even Looney coming back from something that's upper body. If you're a guy who has to go up and finish constantly, uh, got to defend the rim. If if you're having trouble raising your arms up, I'm like it's it's not an easy injury to come back from in terms of just you know healing up and feeling okay.
0: But here's the thing, he's probably not on the Warriors next year. You, you say so. I mean, is he, he, is he coming back for? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. They have what... cap limitations of how
1: much they can pay him because of the way his um, player options went. But at the end of the day, like, it's. Like, I think you're going to have to bring him back. Or, like, what, how do you replace his talent?
0: But here, here's here's the thing, Ethan. So, and now we're, we're kind of getting into things of speculation and uh, getting into potentials here. But they, it's already been said that they're willing to sign Kevin Durant uh, to the max. And so whether he'll take that or not, that remains to be seen. Uh, he's not come out and said it, which makes me nervous for Golden State. Um, but that's what he said. Now Clay, on the other hand, said, "Hey, I'll come back for the five-year max um, if you will offer it." Which, if I am, I mean, if if you're Bob Myers or right, maybe Joe like Leggett because you're the one who's actually got to put this tax bill. Like this is something where they. I was hearing. I think Bobby Marks was was saying this in a couple podcasts. Um, I think the Woj podcast, and he said that if they were to offer Clay and Kevin Durant the max that's going to be a 1.6 billion dollar um bill over the length of those contracts mm. and so like if you are going to offer if kevin durant and clay thompson are going to be both be on the uh on the roster next year that's going to be like 160 million dollars in just Hey, this is our roster. And that's assuming like minimums and things like that. That's assuming no Kavan Looney. That's assuming those types of situations. Yeah. And an extra like almost $160 in the luxury tax. So and you're I know you're opening up a new arena. So you want to be able to provide, you know, put out something good, but there's a lot of probably costs that go along uh with that. So I just I don't know if you're gonna be able to bring back someone like Kavon Looney uh at the price where now if Kevin Durant decides to stay because of injury or whatever. I, I don't know. I still think he's gonna get max offers from other people. He's but not like staying. yeah, he's probably not staying. Um, uh, but like let's say for a moment he he did or he didn't. It doesn't make it that much easier for the warriors to say, come on, Looney, come on back for whatever you'll be able to get out there. Like, I don't see it happening and because someone somewhere is going to say you know what you know who would be a good fit next to Kristaps Porzingis or you know who would be a good fit next to uh you know our someone to bring in as a young guy who will do his job Kavan Looney and they'll have the money to do it the warriors don't have that uh ability and so i if you begin to envision what this roster is going to look like next year even if they are able to bring back clay or Kevin Durant like You can't bring back – I mean, who else are you bringing in? Because Clay is probably out for the majority of next year, and Kevin Durant is out for the entirety of next year. That's already been said. So I don't know what that team looks like. They do have their first round – they do have a first round pick uh, this year as well as a second round pick. Um, So I don't know. It's really an interesting – situation that bob myers finds himself in
1: yeah and honestly probably not a whole lot of reason to keep talking about it until you know clay's name clay's name's inked and kevin durant's there or elsewhere because That's there's true. no no reason to um think about fringe fringe moves until the big the who, big who pe-
0: can they bring in on the minimum ethan
1: <laughs> <laughs> no reason to think about fringe moves when the when the pillars aren't there yet
0: yeah but it's just like the thinking that we is Golden State going to be able to bake the playoffs next year? No, I mean, shut up. You'd think so. unless
1: Curry's hurt.
0: You'd you'd think so. Yeah, probably, but all it takes is a Curry injury and we're sitting where LeBron sat.
1: No, yeah, you are absolutely right with that. But it like you know, Curry's effect is equal to LeBron's, especially in the regular season. Like yeah, and I would argue that Curry is better for the regular season because he doesn't bring them forth with the drama that most LeBron teams will have with them, if not LeBron's fault, just because it's the media around LeBron. Like,
0: yeah,
1: no, nah, let's not. I'm not. I'm not gonna even. That's consider,
0: fine. Consider That's fine. that thought. That's fine. I guess we, we we let's wait and see till till we know how the roster shakes out. Uh, we'll know that a little bit more in like September and August. So, yeah, plenty of time plenty of time um what else we want to talk about well um let's talk about Kawhi
1: Leonard second MVP finals MVP I should say mm-hmm. um he's effectively stopped two separate three-peats you know one by Miami one by Golden State um what what a guy like what honestly what a guy he's He's obviously incredibly talented offensively. It's been a development on that end. His defense, while being um, hampered this postseason, like still solid. Like that was obviously his calling card when he ended Miami's 3 Pete hopes. Um, he's another one which is like, where is he going to go? Is, is he going to stay? I, I, I'm I still the mindset that this win didn't change what he was thinking before. It's, it's, it's all compartmentalized into where's the best spot for me. Like I, I could see Kawhi kind of being a mercenary in this regard. He wins and leaves because he he does want to live in Southern California, and if that's the Clippers, then that's where he'll go.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's he really in in post game stuff didn't really give any like you know heart as you would expect with Kawhi. Oh. Like didn't give like oh. a heart like I'm gonna come back right? Like, he's like it's go ahead. Go ahead.
1: By the way, I, I you know I love Doris Burke, but get out of here with some of the questions she was asking people. What? A, put them, put them what? in on Just, the spot. <laughs> Get out, like, I mean, Doris Burke is, like, is great,
0: but man, some of those questions, I'm done. Listen, well, here's the thing. Honestly, we should have had a Doris Burke-Mark Jackson swap. Mark Jackson is probably phenomenal at those posts, would be probably phenomenal those postgame questions, asking awful questions like, how much heart do you, you know, have, you know, and, and be able to, like, do the whole whatever, and Doris Burke, probably the better, the better analyst. Maybe that was just her way of trying to say, hey, guys. Get me in the booth next year. Mark Jackson to Fred Elite. Fred,
1: now, when the hand's down, the man's down. How do you feel about that? Yeah,
0: yeah, of goes that man.
1: Yeah, Mark, I shot it and I made it. What do you want?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, it's just – like, point point is, uh, he's not indicated where he wants to go, what he wants to do, but I don't think he – that's really his style. He probably hasn't – taking tons of time like i think we think these guys are thinking about this all the time just because we are they have bigger things especially Kawhi. like he's he's there for business so um he'll probably make a decision i don't i don't quite know what what it is but you know he was the mvp uh you know fred van vliet get out of here he was the guy he played a phenomenal series and Uh, One of the things that's really interesting, though, because as we look at all of this, it's like, man, they went out and got Kawhi and like that's going to be like, man, could other teams be doing this for Anthony Davis, even though he might not stick around because it gives you the shot at this. I I mean, I don't know. Toronto was a, a unique situation. We've talked about all the things that had to go right for them. Like Kawhi was awesome. He was an M- MVP caliber type of player, which just to throw out there, I did I did say maybe he'd win MVP this year. I um, you know, maybe I should have put a Finals MVP next to it. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I think that you sh- just because Kawhi did this. I don't know if that means that other teams should assume that this is the way to go. Because all it takes is a few bounces the wrong way uh, in that Philly series, and if Kawhi leaves then it's a total reboot. Obviously Toronto didn't have anything to lose. Like Toronto made a phenomenal gamble because it didn't affect them either way. Obviously it's better if Kawhi State's. But whereas if someone goes for Anthony Davis, like that's not the case. Like you need to win if if you're one of these teams going for Anthony Davis.
1: Yep, 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 yep. And in that thought of if Kawhi is staying or going, we kind of got to look at like what Toronto's future is. Mm -hmm. And that right now, it's centered around what is Pascal Siakam and what does he develop into. With Kawhi, without Kawhi, Pascal Siakam has a huge, huge role going forward in how the Raptors play and build. Um, Siakam showed a lot of promise all year. Most improved player, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. he's He you know, won game one. He was the main driving force of that win. He played really well in game six. Richard, what are the things that Siakam can do to, like, you know, now, obviously, probably not get to Giannis' levels, but st- take steps in that direction because that's clearly, like, whom he tries to play like when he gets
0: going downhill. So, it, it's really interesting. So, right now, I think it would be safe to say that Pascal Siakam was the, what, third best player on a championship team? Because sometimes we throw that out, you know, can, can so-and-so be the first or second best player on a championship He was the third best player. And, yeah. you know, this is uh, – and, and that's – It could even be debatable. Be you know, people will probably say Kyle Lowry was the second best player. Okay, probably. Um, But you know, I think he still has ways he can improve. Right now, he seems to be pretty comfortable taking corner threes. Can he do? Can he expand it to more than that? Like he has that as far as I think a step up from Giannis. But that also is kind of dependent on his current role. Is he's the third guy, and Giannis is the number one guy. Uh, He doesn't have. Quite the like he's not Giannis athletically, like not many people are, and so Pascal Siakam. Uh, what I think he can maybe do a little bit better is you know, what I think sometimes when he decides I'm going to the rim, he's just going to the rim and he's putting up crazy layups and ridiculous shots that hey, they went in all, they all went in in game one, but uh, you know, maybe they didn't in game two, and so he sometimes has that where I think if he could uh open things up as more of a facilitator um out of some of that role like i think that that uh allows him to build up the rest of his teammates a little bit more um can pascal siakam be the second best guy on a championship team i i mean i I don't know i don't quite love all those questions because that a lot has to do with well who's your first best guy uh and, and so, I mean, the answer is that is maybe. And I think that with the development we've seen from him this year, he has a lot to learn. I think he's one of those guys who's willing to put in the work to improve and constantly learning. Like when he got on the podium with Doris with his flag, and he was talking about how he was learning every day from these guys. And, and I think that he's one of those guys who is willing to, to try to get better and work into it. If I could pinpoint something, well, maybe being able to uh, shoot more from other spots, not just the corner um and working as a more of a facilitator i think that if he can do that more i think that that opens up a lot of things for his game and for others what does that do to his trade value richard his trade value i mean right now i don't i mean he's not moving <laughs> he's probably he's probably going to be in toronto for a very long time i would assume uh this is why I, I. This is why I ask
1: because if, in a league that is very competitive, in a league that is always changing and you oh. need the best players possible. Oh, come on. I <laughs> see what I think you're saying. What would stop the Raptors from trading, say, Ojan Anubi, Pascal Siakam and Mark Gasol once he opts in for Anthony Davis?
0: The fact that you have no idea what Ka- Kawhi Leonard is is doing. No, no,
1: no. You wait till the after the, when Kawhi's re-upped. And Gar- Kawhi stays. Gasol's already opt-in. And you're just like, hey, um, Pelicans, you want you know the guy who probably, you know, should have got more of the finals MVP votes than Fred Van Fleet? <laughs> <I'll
0: put>
1: you. <laughs> you want that guy, Marc Gasol, to, you know, have a good time? An OG and Anubi, and you throw that in. So we got Anubi, Siakam, Gasol, Holiday, and Zion. That sounds like a good lineup to me. I'm here for it.
0: Listen. See, Zion at the two, just like Ethan wants. Oh goodness. Um, so let's let it be clear. The this should not happen. Like I, I, why? Why not? Here's why it shouldn't happen, all right if you are the Toronto Raptors if Kawhi says he's coming back man you run this thing back and maybe you make a couple of fringe moves because here's the thing the Warriors are are not going to be a factor next year they're not and all of the teams in the east all have way big like the moment Kawhi Leonard says you know what, I'm coming back for next year at least like you immediately become the favorites in the Eastern Conference uh Giannis yes for as great as he is they've got some questions they've got some issues uh are they going to be able to bring back all of Brooke Lopez, Malcolm Brogdon, and Chris Middleton? I don't think so. I think they can bring back two, not all three. So Boston, who in the world knows what's going on? New York, who is you know primed to be the next team? Like, with, with Kevin Durant not going to be there, or at least not going to be playing there, like, they're not going to be there. So Toronto already has the best outlook. You don't make that move and say, you know what, I, like, While it might be an interesting thing to think about, first of all, you have like you have no concept of if Anthony Davis wants to stick around in Toronto. He's made it pretty clear that, and I guess I should say, Rich Paul and them have made it pretty clear that he wants to be in LA and maybe New York because it's you know a nice you know it's it's New York after all. Like I don't make that move on another just one year gamble and have it deplete uh have it deplete my depth at the same time like I I don't want to I, I don't want to be putting myself out there when I'm already going to be the favorite if Kawhi Leonard sticks around if Kawhi Leonard goes well then everything is totally different and you still probably aren't making that trade because then you're really just getting one year of Anthony Davis for nothing.
1: This the point of this exercise is not about whether the Raptors should do this. It's whether Siakam is good enough that this trade is feasible. And that's the point I think I want to get across with this exercise is that now with Siakam, Anubi, and you know Gasala's money, like we're thinking what, maybe one more first-round pick, and that seems like a fair trade? And I that don't know. is inc- that's incredible that it's even theoretically correct.
0: I, I don't know. I there are other Packages that I am more thrilled with personally. Um, it, uh, I mean, if, if you, if if you're the Pelicans, you've got to answer the question: Is the do you like the Pascal Siakam uh, fit with Zion? If you do, if you really like that uh, that situation, which I'm not quite sure if I do. Yeah, two guys
1: who could who can play small ball center in, in in the
0: future of the NBA. I don't know why you wouldn't like that. Listen, I I personally am am not totally. Sh- I'm just not sure. All right, just just I'm not. If you've uh, maybe you got other plans, you sprung this on me in the moment. I just I'm not I did. totally. It was very totally sneaky certain. of me. It was. I'm not totally certain. Um, if but if you are the Pelicans and you do like that, then th- that that's interesting. I don't know. I would, I'm still asking for more first rounders personally. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think Pascal for me does it. There are other directions that I might go. Like I've, I've talked up Denver a lot uh, as a, as a potential just because I like the pieces that could get back from them. I personally like what I could, per- what I could get from the Clippers I'm not super thrilled about all of this Lakers stuff, even though that seems like the most likely situation. I'm not thrilled with what the sad offer boss, boss is gonna try to, you know, send send to me. Point is though, that it puts the Raptors in the conversation, if not in tier one in tier two. And I think that is um that can that speaks to the levels that Pascal Siakam has has gotten to. But I don't anticipate. That was the point. I don't anticipate a linear progression with Pascal Siakam's th- I I, you know, more logarithmic where it's gonna eventually tail off. Like I think that he made a really big jump. I wouldn't anticipate the same size of jump. No. But so, so I, I don't I don't know. Um but point is it puts them it, w- it would it would put them into consideration probably if the Pelicans liked the fit. Richard Shook, let it be known. I don't – I just don't want it. I just I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, let it be known. Richard thinks Anthony Davis stinks. I don't think Anthony Davis stinks, but there's a lot of context that we just ignore, <laughs> that I don't want to ignore. Okay. Fair,
1: fair, fair. Richard, I think the last thing we're talking about is – I mean, that was kind of – we kind of That's covered it. it all in in, in, it. in a way. We did. Um. I yeah, know no, I guess. You know, I'm I, upset I just now. got to, <laughs> I just got to the last uh, last bullet point. I'm like, oh, we've already talked about these three guys—the Kawhi, yeah, KD, we- and Clay—speculation. Like, what are they gonna do? We've already talked about this. We have. So,
0: I'm. Who else is a free agent? That's important. Who else? I mean, Kemba, Demarcus, Kem- Cousins. Kemba's, Kemba's doing. I mean, of, of the teams that are, have just played. I is- mean,
1: Demarcus Cousins is one. Like, interested to see what kind of offers he gets. I have no Kemba's idea. A free agent. D'Angelo Although, Russell, the restricted free agent, I'm hoping he goes to Indiana. That'd be listen, great for me.
0: I've been asking for it for a while now. Listen, what is Kemba doing out there saying, I, I'll take less than the – like Kemba doesn't understand the CBA. That became very apparent after that interview where someone asked him, would you be willing to take less than the, the full five-year max if it would help your team be able to put more pieces around you? And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll take less than – like, listen, Kemba. If you take one dollar, your team still can do nothing because they've made <laughs> poor choices the rest of the way. So, get the go get go get the full max, buddy, or get out of there. Because honestly, just get out of there. Because Charlotte, sorry, Charlotte. It's just it's rough. That's, that's
1: what I got, man. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Well, with that, Richard. Um, I'll try not to upset you. I will try to give you a, a preventive warning next time Please. I do
0: something trade machine wise. Because by the way, it works. Oh, um, I mean, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It, it probably, I mean, salary filler would probably work. But like, the, all the trade machine things are all pretty dumb because they're all like dealing with this current year's money situation. It's not updated to to be next year's, which I don't understand why they don't do that right away. As soon as, the trade, as soon um, the trade deadline ends, like, why why, do, why are we still dealing with this year's things? I don't know. They need to figure keep, that out.
1: Keep in mind it works as long as, you know, Mr. Marc Gasol opts in. Yeah. Just letting you know. And with that, I will not say anything else.
0: Okay. Well. On that note, Ethan.